Today on High Point with Ron Zappia, the importance of being ministry-minded. This is the bullseye of the message. We got to be ready, man. We got to be into it. We got to be ready to go. Ministry is expected from every follower of Christ. And it happens in all kinds of contexts, in a variety of ways that we need to be ready. Glad you're with us today for High Point with Ron Zappia. I'm your host, Steve Smith, and today's message is from our series called Simple Church. And Ron, where are we headed today? Hey, isn't it true that over the years, church has become overly complicated? It's so easy to get caught up in all the clutter of what some other church is doing, how many programs they offer, what their facilities look like. I mean, this can cause us to lose sight of the basics that God has called us to. We're in a series called Simple Church, and we're going back to the core biblical truths that are foundational to a healthy church. The message is all about being ministry-minded, so let's get right to it. Prepare your heart. Listen in. Here's Pastor Ron. Let me begin with this question. Are you ready? What would you do simply if you did this, if you were driving along the road and you saw a car and you saw a teenager and maybe even a teenage girl and she was out there trying to change a flat tire? What would you do if you heard your neighbor about your neighbor who you've known for years, maybe not that close to them, but their spouse died? What would you do if one of your friends or a relative asked you for some money, they need a loan? What would you do if your pastor, I mean, you know, you were trying to skirt out early of the service and he met you in the back and he shook your hand or put his arm around you and said, man, I got a job for you, specifically for you. What would you do? How would you respond? Those are just simple situations that may come about that are what? That are ministry related opportunities for you. How would you respond? That's what I want to talk to you about today. If you have a Bible, do this. Open it up to Titus chapter 2. Today, characteristic number 6, as we close out this letter, it's simply the title of our message, Ministry-Minded. So that's what I want to talk to you about is ministry opportunities where you can be used of God. Let me do a little review. For the last several weeks, we've been talking about what are the characteristics of a simplified church because that's what we want to be. We don't want to make it too complicated. So let me catch you up. The first characteristic is that we're gospel-centered. Characteristic number two is growth-oriented. We want to get more mature. We want to keep growing. We want to get to the next level. Third characteristic of a simplified church is that what? That we wouldn't be basing things on our opinion but God's word, that we're Bible-based. Fourth characteristic is our focus, that we are discipleship-focused. Fifth is this, grace-saturated. And finally, today, we've got ministry-minded. Those are the characteristics of a simple church. Let me begin with this thought. If you're a note-taker, just go ahead and write this down. Ministry is expected. Think about that for a moment. Ministry, what I want to talk to you about today, being ministry-minded, it's expected of you. This isn't something that's for someone else. This is for all of us who call ourselves followers of Christ, that we've done what? That we've made a decision for him, that we want to be like him, that we're going to function, we're going to act like him. It's an opportunity. That's what ministry is. It's an opportunity to do what? To be used by God, to be used for God, to be used through God. And anyone who has had that experience to be used by God, it's a pretty cool thing, wouldn't you say? Notice what it says at the beginning of verse 1 in Titus chapter 3. 
the Apostle Paul is writing to Titus and he says this, remind them to be submissive to rulers and authorities and to be obedient. So what he's saying is this, is hey man, I just gotta tell you first off, is we gotta follow the rulers and the authorities and I don't know if they had an election coming up or not, but we need to follow the rulers and authorities no matter what, that what? That we need to pray for them and we need to submit ourselves to the rulers and authorities of this world. But then he says this, he says, and be ready for every good work. So the topic, he's nailing it right here, it's that we need to be ready for good, every good work. That's the focus of this letter. That's the focus of this message today. You say, what do you mean? Well, a short read of this letter, you'll find out that ministry or good works are mentioned in every chapter. Let's do a little review. We'll see it in chapter one. Look with me at verse 16 of chapter one. It talks about this, that in a bad way, that what? That there are some people, end of verse 16, that are unfit for any good work. So there's some people that are unable to do what I'm asking you to do today. In chapter two, look with me at verse 14. This is a good way that some people are zealous for good works. That some in here right now, it's like I have a passion, I have a zeal for what? To, to be used of God and to meet the needs in my surrounding areas with the people that God has sovereignly placed around me. And then he mentions it three times in this letter. First we see it here in verse one, but also I'll draw your attention, we're gonna get there in a moment, to verse eight. That's actually the theme verse for the letter. And then he mentions it in verse 14. And in verse 8 and verse 14, what he says is this. He's like, come on, guys. He's rallying the troops. We've got to do what? We've got to devote ourselves to good work. This is the bullseye of the message. We've got to be ready, man. We've got to be into it. We've got to be ready to go. Ministry is expected from every follower of Christ. And it happens in all kinds of contexts, in a variety of ways, that we need to be ready. That's what the text says. I love what Dr. Warren Wearsby writes as far as a definition for ministry. He talks about how ministry takes place. And he says it like this. This was burned into my mind many, many years ago. He says this. Ministry takes place when divine resources meet human needs through loving channels for the glory of God. Here's our tweet of the day. Go ahead, take the picture. I mean, this is an unbelievable definition of what ministry is about. Let's slow down and understand what he's saying. He's saying it takes place when divine resources, that's the God piece. God manifests himself through our life. That there's some divine resources that meet human needs. That's the person that you know that is going through difficulty. That's the person who is experiencing a hard time. And then he says this, through loving channels for the glory of God. Who do you think the loving channels are? Point to your neighbor and say, that's you. Now point to yourself and say, it's me too. Like, we're the ones that are the loving channels for the glory of God. We've been equipped, even though we don't feel like it. We've been what? We've been given something great that we need to pass on, that we would be the people that would care for the others in this world, that our attitudes and our hearts would be in that place and right. But too often, can I be honest to church today? Few people said yes. But let's be honest about this, that oftentimes people don't get involved in ministry, and they don't see the need for ministry. And so as I'm sitting with coffee with people and talking or talking in the hallways, and I hear all kinds of responses to why people don't get involved. So let's take a minute 
And let's just understand what are the reasons that people don't give involved in ministry. Well, number one reason is this. It's, I hear, I don't have the time, man. I just don't have the time. Hey, you got time to eat? Make the time. I mean, you know, ministry is something like this. It's a necessity for the people of God. We've got to eat to have spiritual strength. And I would suggest to you that we've got to get involved in the lives of others to do what? To share the gospel, to care for people, to do what God desires and wants. So we don't have the time. I'm telling you, we never have the time, but you make the time for things that are important. Second thing is this, is people say this, they don't see the need. And I, we get this all the time, specifically in our church, because you come here falsely with an assumption that you think we got it all together. I mean, we look good, stage is full, bulletins are handed out when you come in. You're like, they, they don't need any help. We're just looking like we have it together. We really don't. Let me let you in on a little secret. We don't have our act together. We're doing this, man. There's all kinds of opportunities here. Did a little research and found out that it takes 1,400 labor hours, volunteer labor hours a week to make this church go. 1,400 hours. You say, what do you mean? Well, that's the person that handed you the bulletin. That's the person that upstairs right now changing a diaper. By the way, we change over 100 diapers each weekend. I didn't do it for my kids. I don't do it here. I'm, oh, sorry. Just kidding. But people doing what? Working in the nursery. People working here, um, handing out a bulletin or parking a car. People doing what? During the midweek, leading a group, hosting a group um, in their home. I mean, there's all kinds of opportunities that we have where people are getting involved. So don't see the need. The need may not be immediate, but we have many, many needs here. Third reason is simply this. I don't know how. Hey, man, I, I, I don't know the Bible that well, and you know, I, I'm, just, I'm not really sure what to do. Or, or I hear this a lot. The fourth reason is this. They say, well, I, I don't know where. And so these reasons, don't know how and don't know where, these are the things we want to tackle right now. This is what this message is about. This is where I'm heading by the end. We want to share some opportunities for you to do what? So that you can get involved in ministry. And guess what? We train Jesus, his guys, they hung with him. He threw him in the deep end. He threw him in the deep end of ministry. How many people remember the passage of scripture where he says this? Hey man, go out and don't take anything with you. Don't take anything. Don't, you don't need money. You don't need tunics. You don't need this. You don't need that. And he threw them in so that they would depend on him. Well, it's a simple thing that when we get involved in ministry, we're taking a step for the glory of God. Ministry is expected. It's expected from all of us. It's expected that we get involved for the glory of God in the building of his kingdom. You're listening to High Point and a message from Pastor Ron Zappia called Ministry Minded. You can request this message and more when you call 844-HP-RADIO or head online for more resources and additional messages, highpointministries.com. But don't go anywhere just yet. There's more teaching coming up in just a moment. Men, it's time to get real in 2020 and get a spiritual injection to fuel your faith in the new year. This is Pastor Ron Zappia. I want to personally invite you to join me Dr. Ed Stetzer, Dr. Eric Mason, and men from all around Chicago as we gather to take our faith seriously. 
2020 is the year to focus in on becoming the true man of God that you were created to be. So let's get real, let's get serious, let's set aside our excuses as we stand together to take our faith to the next level. This One Day Men's Conference will challenge you to grow stronger in your faith so you can stand strong no matter what life throws your way. Join Pastor Ron Zappia, Dr. Ed Stetzer, and Dr. Eric Mason for a one-day men's conference at High Point Church in Naperville on Saturday, January 25th. To register, head online to highpoint.church slash mensconf. Again, that's highpoint.church slash M-E-N-S-C-O-N. See you there. Welcome back to High Point with Ron Zappia. We're in a series called Simple Church, and the complete study is available online completely for free. To stream all of these messages, go to highpointministries.com. And all this free content is made possible by our High Point partners. Later in the program, Pastor Ron will explain how you can become part of our High Point family. But first, let's get back to the message about being ministry-minded. But let me... Say it like this, ministry can often be misunderstood. And so maybe you're like me and you misunderstood it for a long time. This idea that I can help others and I can be used of God. And for some of us, we come from a background where what? Where we thought if the good outweighed the bad and it's about me doing good stuff and if that did what? If it outweighed the bad stuff that I did, then I'd be okay with God. How many people were like me and used to think that way? I see some hands going up. Yes, even in the balcony. What? That, that we had the wrong understanding. And so ministry can be misunderstood. This idea that I'm going to do good works. Why? Because some people think that that's how you get right with God. That's how you get saved. That's how you get justified. I bet you you know a person, whether they verbalize it or not, but they're thinking that's how they get their act together and that's how God looks upon them That's not the way it is. It's not the way it is at all. And so let's take a look at what the Apostle Paul says. Look with me at verse 3. It's going to take him a while to get there. But let me read what it says. He says, for we ourselves were once foolish. Who? That's you. Who? That's me. We were once disobedient. When? Before Christ. Before we understood who he was. We were led astray. Man, we were slaves to various passions. There's some in here right now, you know exactly what I'm talking about. There's passions that you know that are not honorable to God, and you continue to fight these things. He says, but we were once like this. We were slaves to our passions and our pleasures, passing our days in malice and envy, hated by others and hating one another. Man, that's a lot, Paul. But when the goodness and loving kindness of God, our Savior, appeared, the Scripture says he saved us. Well, how come? How come he saved us? Well, not because of works done by us in righteousness. No, it's not about what I've done. It's what he does. It's according to his own mercy. And then he gets theological on us really quickly. He says, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit. That's a reminder to each one of us that it's God at work in you. He's the one that cleaned you up. He's the one that justified you. And he says this. He says, whom he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ, our Savior, so that being justified by his grace. There it is. You bring nothing to the table. He says, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. What's that simply saying? That's simply saying this, man. Don't misunderstand it at all. That ministry isn't how you get right with God. We're saved for works, not by works. We're saved to work, not through work. That's all made clear in Ephesians. Let's put it up. Chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. For by grace you've been saved through faith. 
And this is not your own doing. It's the gift of God, not a result of works. Why? So that no one may boast. What this verse is telling us is this, is that you're not going to get to heaven one day and stand up and say, hey, I'm here because of what I did, God. That's not at all. You're going to get there because of who? Because of Jesus and because the sacrifice that he made. Let me say it again. We're saved for works, not by works. We're saved to work, not through work. You say, I know that already. I guarantee many of the people that you interact with on a daily basis do not know this truth that we take for granted. Know it, understand it, grab hold of it. I remember when my daughter Emily, my youngest, was in her third grade class and the teacher was reading some book to them and it was a book about, um, I don't remember the exact title or anything like this, but she's in third grade and the teacher's reading this book and, and part of the story is that you get eternal life by drinking from this fountain. And so if you drink from this fountain, you get saved, you get eternal life. And so one of the boys raises his hand, little third grader, and he raises his hand, you know, a very astute Bible-based kid. I'm sure he went to a good church. And he said, teacher, and she said, yes, you only get to heaven through Jesus Christ. And the teacher kind of smiled. And then my daughter's in the class, the one with the attitude, and she just looks and she says, yeah, read John 3.16. But she knew it at that age. And we need to know it too. And I guarantee, I have people in my life, too many people that I know and love, and they don't understand this principle. And I'm just calling out to you and asking you, if you understand it, that you would not only teach it, but that you would model it. And sometimes I know our motives may not be the best and may not be pure, but ministry is expected, and it's often misunderstood. But we, the church, the people of God, man, we've got to be what? We've got to be tangible in our time that we're going to make opportunities, that we're going to see the opportunities that God gives. Please, it's a mindset. It's a mindset that I'm not going to wake up this morning and I'm not going to just be thinking about me and what I need to get done. That if you could wake up in the morning and think and pray this simple prayer as you're driving to work, as you're doing what? As you're getting yourself ready in the morning. God, would you use me in some unique way? God, would you slow me down enough that I'm not so focused on what I want to do or what I need to accomplish today, but if you put someone in my path, would you slow me up enough that I would recognize it and I would respond for you? Now, how many people would agree with me if you prayed that simple prayer, God would respond? He, he would, and he does, and he has. So ministry is so, so critical. It's so important. You say, what else? You say, why should I do it? I mean, that sounds good, lovey-dovey, but why? Well, ministry is profitable. Ministry is extremely profitable for you. Like, this is the part I think that oftentimes we miss in a message like this, is that we don't understand the extreme essential benefit that ministry brings to this world. And that God doesn't need us, but he chooses to work through us. Like, he doesn't need you, man, but he chooses to work through you. And if you say no, he will choose someone else. If you walk by, you will miss the blessing. But look at the text with me, and look what the Apostle Paul says. Because notice verse 8. He says it like this. He's talking about this idea of ministry, and he says in verse 8, which is the theme verse for this letter, he says, this saying is trustworthy, and I want you to insist on these things so that those who believed in God, do you believe in God? If the answer is yes, you may be careful to do what? To devote yourselves to good work. And then he goes on to say, why? Because these things are excellent and profitable for people. 
It's excellent and profitable for the people that God has sovereignly placed in your circle of influence. You're the representative for God. You're the reason. You are a person that can help them see and understand truth. It's profitable. But what happens? Well, what happens is there's all kinds of distractions. What happens is things get in the way. What happens for well-meaning Christians like you and me that things take control and we begin to do other things and we get thrown off track. And that's what Paul talks about. Look at verse 9. He's like, don't get caught on bunny trails. Don't get caught on a bunch of tangents. Don't let a bunch of other things get in the way. He says, avoid foolish controversies. We're in the church. Avoid genealogies, dissensions, and quarrels about the law. All these theological discussions that we're going to have, they're going to get us off the game, that are going to cause us to lose focus, that are going to cause us to interact with each other and grow and mature and be so mature and miss the opportunities that God has placed in your path. Verse 9 is all about distractions. He says they're unprofitable and they're worthless. Take a moment in your life right now and think about what's distracting you from being used by God. I mean, here in the church, it's, it's like Bible stuff and knowledge and things and people. And, and he goes on and talks about people. He said, man, I'm telling you what, I want you, you got to zealous for good works. I want you to be involved in ministry. I'm going to work through you. I'm going to do some awesome things through you. And there's people that are causing you to move in a different direction than God wants. I'm just telling you, I find it interesting that he places this next verse, verse 10, and drops it right in the middle of this chapter that he's talking about us doing ministry. And he says, it's for a person who stirs up division. See, because there's some people that are stirring the pot in the church and outside the church, and they're getting us off our game, man. And yeah, we don't have it all together. Yeah, we're not perfect. I, I get all this. But Apostle Paul saying, hey, don't let people throw you off. He says, there's some people who stir up division. And I got to just tell you this. I got a different calling for you. I got ministry for you. I got things. You prayed that prayer, and I'm going to bring people in your life. I want you to be used of me. And if you got somebody who's stirring it up after warning them once and then twice, have nothing to do with them. Boy, Paul, you're real friendly today. Hey. This is how important ministry is, that some people can get us off track. And what's interesting in the text is, give them one warning, give them two warnings. But after that, it's like, you know what, I just, I, I got, I'm telling you, you're just getting me off track. I'm telling you, this isn't helpful. I'm telling you, this isn't going in a good direction. I'm telling you, I want to be used of God. And that's what he's saying, knowing that such a person is what? They're warped and they're sinful and they're self-condemned. What? The people who are going to get us off track for what God wants us to do. Now, he's not saying not being loving. He's not saying not sharing, but the scripture is clear. Jesus says it the best. Do not throw your pearls before swine. Does anyone know what I'm talking about? It's clear. It's like we've got a job to do, people. We got a mountain to take. We got a mission, man. You've been filled with God's spirit. We've got a job to do for the glory of God. There's too many people that are what? That are lost in this world that we can provide care and compassion and love and that we can be tools in the hands of God. That's how I want to spend my life. That's what I want to do. I want to spend my last breath for God that he would use me for his glory. I hope you think and do the same. 
living our lives to bring God glory. That's what we're learning to do here on High Point with Ron Zappia. You know, there's no greater purpose in life than that. And it's our mission to come alongside you each and every day with Bible teaching that points you directly to Jesus. But Ron, as we often say, these daily messages heard on High Point depend on our listeners' support. That's true, Steve. And today I'm asking our listeners to become ministry-minded with us here on High Point. If God is using this ministry in your life, we invite you to step up and become a monthly High Point partner a monthly High Point partner. These daily programs are reaching thousands of people across the United States each and every day, and your partnership multiplies the impact of the gospel. Together, we can share the hope and truth of Jesus Christ with a world in need. Become more ministry-minded by becoming a High Point partner today. Thanks, Ron. We'd really love to welcome you to the High Point family. Become a monthly High Point partner today when you call 844-HP-RADIO or sign up online at High Point Ministries. It's through your generous gifts that we can deliver these messages, Bible teaching programs every single day of the year on the radio, online, through the daily podcast. So thank you for your generosity. And today, even if you're not in a place to make a monthly commitment, we always welcome a one-time donation. When you give a gift of any amount, we're going to show our thanks to you today by sending a classic devotional to jumpstart your day in the scriptures. It's called My Utmost for His Highest by Oswald Chambers. And this book has been inspiring readers for more than 75 years. Get your copy when you sign up to give monthly or make a one-time donation today. Call 844-477-2346 or go to highpointministries.com. If you prefer to send a check, write to High Point Ministries, P.O. Box 281, Naperville, Illinois, 60566. That's P.O. Box 281, Naperville, Illinois, 60566. I'm Steve Smith, inviting you to come back Thursday to hear the conclusion of this message about being ministry-minded. That's next time right here on High Point with Ron Zappia.